It's the New England Take on WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. A little housekeeping at the beginning of it, in case you didn't hear in the last week's episode. Uh, we are going to be changing around the New England Take a little bit, where every week we'll be having a 20-minute interview segment, and then a 10-minute AJ has an opinion on something, we're going to talk about it segment separately. So uh, be sure to check that out. We're going to be releasing podcast episodes Mondays and Wednesdays in the podcast feeds at nhtalkradio.com, or search for the New England Take on all your podcast platforms and New England take on social media. Excited to be joined by senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons of the New Hampshire Bulletin. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. So I've been having an ongoing series on the show where I talk about bias in journalism. It's a little more focused. I've had conversations with Matt Robeson at uh, Beyond Politics here on the station about it. That was a little more aggressive needling the mainstream cable press more than anything else. Mm -hmm. But I got... There, I found over the last, especially over the last several years, post Twitter especially, there's a problem with bias and editorial shift. I think those are the two things I've I basically narrowed down where are really concerning. And um, we're we're not going to be calling out any specific outlets at all during this segment. But as someone who's been in the press for for a while, especially here in New Hampshire, I, I think it's really important to have a reporter on to talk about the matter because this is something you deal with on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, big picture, when you look at the landscape, do you see see this trend happening? One hundred percent. Sometimes I want to put my in-defensive journalism cape on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so needed. I mean, we brought this on ourselves. Um, so I definitely, I definitely think this. I see it um, more at the national level. I listen to a radio program in the morning and kind of struck sometimes about how blatant I feel it is. And there was an example of the day the host was doing a spot with a reporter who was covering a trial involving former President Trump and his banking woes. And it was just, I found it to be a very mocking tone. Um, And I just thought, that's not, this is a news segment. This is not a comedy hour or a column. It's not entertainment. And so I just noted that on Twitter and I got a very interesting pushback. It was people saying, you don't understand journalism. This is entertainment. You have to do things to keep people engaged. And I guess I just very strongly disagree with that. You don't have to be a bore, but you're not entertaining people with your own opinions. So I see it at the national level. I saw, I see it um, locally less so. Um, I think sometimes we get caught up in how we've always covered things. And I have an example I can share for myself. And so you don't even think about what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I could just give one example of a a New Hampshire newspaper, Um, there was a longtime writer um, who sometimes covers voting and politics, um, who wrote a column that was really a rant against Republicans. And I was really struck by it. I, I couldn't even really believe what I had read um, because it was not based on reporting. It was strictly Republicans are evil and we need to get them out of office. And this was a column by this person who also then puts on a reporting hat and covers reporting. I do not know how you can do that. 
Um, and so I raised that on Twitter as well. Um, also got two interesting responses, both similar. One from the writer who said, I used to also think that our opinion was not part of this and we need to stay out of it. The election that put Trump in the White House made me think differently and I have a job to do. Apparently that job is to rant, not write news. And then also people on Twitter really defended this person and said, all of you reporters have a job to do. It's your fault that the Trump got elected. It's your fault that they, he got away with it for so long. And I was just like, wow, we have gotten to a point where journalism is not only distrusted, but our whole job is misunderstood. And it was just so um, upsetting because I think what happened to old fashioned journalism? Yeah. It, well, I feel like there, there's been a huge problem, especially with, um, with I see it especially with millennials and such, but it, this is also legacy media problem. But it, there, in my opinion, there's like three kinds of news shows. There, there are news formats when it comes to content. There is pundit, punditry and analysis, which, mm -hmm. for the record, that's my format. That's what I do. I, I give analysis and, and talk about what's going on. I, I outright say, like, I'm coming at it from this opinion, but I'm very straightforward with I have these political beliefs. This is the industries, the industries I work in, the, the people I interact with, and these are the reasons why I have my opinion. And I specifically say it's my opinion. Then there is bias jur journalism, or when, maybe bias is the wrong way to say it, but journalists that news outlets that come forward saying we're coming at it from a conservative angle or a liberal angle. Mm -hmm. Think the Daily Wire, think, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Vox, for example, is, is a left-wing side. Mm -hmm. And then on the, the third corner, the third side of this would be like we're trying to be as unbiased as possible, which we're providing the news. Mm -hmm. And when when you check out local journalism, especially in New Hampshire, I feel like there there's an attempt to, to strive towards that, except for New Hampshire Journal, which is in the second bucket. They're, but they're, once again, they're very straightforward. This is the, the angle we're taking on this. Mm -hmm. And and do you think that's a fair analysis? And is there a problem with that being the way we divvy it up? I think if you stay in your lane and you're clear that I'm an analysis person, this is why newspapers have always marked the editorial page as the opinion page and very much separated it. Um, so I think if you're clear about what you're doing and you're not jumping between those lanes, I mean, I just can't imagine covering the state house and then also writing a personal rant, like yeah. one rant that runs on one day. Is that really worth throwing away your integrity as a journalist? I don't think so. So I think you have to stay in your lane. Um, and I think mostly at the local level, people do that. Now, I was guilty of some bias that I didn't even realize. And so this will be an example where I will end by saying, please let the journalists know that they're showing bias. So I have covered abortion legislation throughout. Um, and my focus has been to try to cover the bill and what both sides said. But a Republican lawmaker, um, who I just really value his input because he's always happy to give it and it's very helpful. He said, you know, you always kind of talk about what 
the pro-abortion rights people say, but you never really say that we're trying to protect a human life here. And he was right. I mean, I just thought that was understood, but it, it wasn't in my story. So that voice was silenced in his mind. And I think he was right. Like I needed to be clearer about that and include that viewpoint and not just assume readers understood it. And so I think I wasn't aware that I was doing that. It wasn't intentional, but it was biased. Um, and so I have started correcting my ways on that. And I was really grateful. So sometimes when, even if it's not intentional, it, it's happening. And I think that's where we need to call out journalists and just say, hey, I thought that was biased. Um, you probably didn't realize it or just say, I think other journalists need to speak up. This should not be a circles of wagon kind of thing about around media because we need to defend our profession and redeem it and explain to people how it's supposed to work. We are not social activists or shouldn't be. That's a different job. I'm not here to get a person elected or unelected. That's a different job. Um, I'm a reporter. And so we just need to be really clear about what we do and accept it when someone says you're biased and really think about it and have a conversation with them so you understand um, where you might have misstepped. Yeah. It, it shouldn't jump straight to vilification like you're intentionally screwing me over. <laughs> like that that is counterproductive. You're not going to make the journalists feel good or feel like they need to do better because it's going to go like, you, you don't give a crap about honestly what I have to say about any of this. You're immediately saying I, I'm this evil reporter with with the with the bias that you're intentionally putting in there it's like that's often they're people like like this is kind of the downside with social media is the media jump down the down other people's throats when like mm -hmm. honestly there's a conversation to be had and i've that's why the big reason why i like having this show and why i refuse to get rid of the interview segment is i think the conversation is like the most important thing and if you are just closing off that uh, Fox News is evil and CNN is good or CNN is evil and Fox News is better than Newsmax, whatever <laughs> combination you want to put in there, um, it, it's not going to fix anything. It, it, right. And sometimes you cannot have these conversations. So I went to a, there was a, a protest, counter protest this weekend in Concord where um a cafe was having a drag queen story hour um performer reader um was there and doing a you know um some stories and art activities around space so outside there was the proud boys protesting that and then some counter protesters so i was not aware this had, event had been scheduled i kind of happened upon it and so i went up to one of the proud boys and I can only say Proud Boys because they declined to give me their name or show their face. And I just said, so what brings you here today? Was it, did something happen? Was there an event? Was this planned? Someone with him just attacked me verbally and said, you're so biased, just go back over to the other side. And I had just gotten there. It was the first person I approached. And I said, how would, I really thought, was that a biased question just to say, what's your point of view? And I asked him, how he would ask that question like was there a better way and he didn't have an answer he i don't even know what he heard me say i don't think you can ask that question 
you know, any other way than say, what brings you here today? What are your concerns? So some people are just going to have this impression of the media, no matter what. But I always think it's worth trying to have a conversation and, and understand the other person's point of view. I, I mean, I think a lot of reporters that I work with, the issue, the both sides of the issue and where do I fall on it is sort of secondary to the the drama of legislation playing out, you know, where does this begin? How does it change? Who can influence it? Who's successful? And so it's that arc of an issue that really draws me to this work and and showing how that affects people. So I also think we need to just do a better job of explaining the work we do, what brings us to it, um, and, and just being willing to hear when someone thinks we misstepped and also be willing to say when you think a reporter got it wrong or was biased. I mean, you have to tell them that and their response will give you information about whether you trust them again. But I think the conversation has to be had. And if they're unwilling to listen, well, then you have some information that's valuable. Yeah, it, it, it's this pro. This problem where you see on social media, it, maybe this is a big, big systemic issue from traditional media outlets kind of flailing about in, in the current digital landscape. I mean, how how many people honestly go to the same news source every day for for their articles or they gain trust in, for for example, your local newspaper or whatever? There's there's always been a spot on, on the newspaper, say, if there if if there's you feel like there's something in error, contact the editor and they'll put a retraction in the next day's um, post. You you don't get that nowadays when you got a almost unlimited number of media outlets. It's better on one side, like for example, the bulletin's able to exist in this landscape perfectly because you're you're specialized. You're providing a service also to other um, media outlets in the state that aren't able to provide reporters specifically for the state house. Um, but in the, the downside to this shift is you don't have this um, attachment that you might have had 20, 30 years ago looking at the traditional media. Right. I think that's right. I, you know, I was at the the Monitor, Conquer Monitor, for 25 years, and my stories for the bulletin will appear in the Monitor, and people just assume that I'm back at the Monitor. Like the actual outlet is not is sometimes lost on people. And when in thinking about corrections, it's really important. I get a local paper every day. I can't tell you the last time I saw a correction um, column. And when we make a mistake on our stories, you'll see at the top, this story was updated this date at this time with this information to in italics at the top to note that we got a question, that we got a, uh, an issue wrong. But when our stories appear, by this point, they may have appeared in other media outlets um, and that correction is not noted there. So then it lives on in print and there isn't a way to correct it other than to maybe have that correction box in print that says, you know, we got this wrong today. And we all make mistakes, you know, we, we can't help it. Um, but I do feel like we're not acknowledging those mistakes or correcting them. Um, I know for a brief time, I was outside of the media world working in communications. And sometimes I would let outlets know just sort of gently like, hey, you know, you this was mischaracterized a bit. Here's like the source you might want to use on that. I would get no response. I would get 
okay, like very unprofessional. Um, and I thought, wow, this really, this world is really, maybe I'm naive and um, old fashioned, I guess. I think about four and a half minutes left in the segment, but I mean, how, how much of a problem do you view it as bias, whether aware, being aware of it or not, versus the editorial shift that we see with with coverage, where you see this especially on on both political sides of the spectrum when it comes to abortion per per se is like the easiest way of looking at it. Actually, the more I think about it, um, it is you you. You put in the headline, this judge, this pro-abortion judge is blah de blah blah This anti-abortion judge is blah de blah de blah Like, is is the editorial shift of framing things a certain way a, a bigger problem right now? Or is it basically just just as uh, chaotic right now as the bias problem? Um, I, I do hear on a couple of the national news organizations or papers that I follow, I do feel there is some editorializing and headlines sometimes. And you're right, they'll they'll start with, you know, who the person is in relation to the issue, but it will be kind of in a negative light. Um, rather than, you know, the old fashioned thinking is, well, you put the facts, your job is to empower people with facts to make up their own minds. And I do think there um, is a shift there, which is, which is just upsetting. Um, and I think just at the local level, there, I mean, sometimes there's mistakes or bias because you don't, you're moving so quickly, you don't have time to get all sides. And so a story will come out as biased. Uh, I'm grateful at the the bulletin that I'm not in a outlet now that chases things and has to be very like every minute updating something. We have time to you know, give everyone a chance who will speak with us um, a chance to comment. Um, but I, I just think generally the problem I really see are reporters hopping into that other lane of, you know, commentators or opinions. Like, you know, there, I think I can say this example that I just wonder how they balance. You have Maggie Haberman at the Times covering Trump. Um, some people think it's a very negative coverage, something people think she's enabling him. But then she writes a book because she does have all this expertise and then goes on the radio and is her opinion is really clear on what's going on. And so does that confuse readers? I mean, it confuses me. And I think that's not something I would feel comfortable doing. So how do you balance that? I mean, imagine if I came to you and I said, I hate parrots, which you have, and I think people have them are stupid. And then I have to come and say, I'm doing a story on, you know, birds and parrots. Could I talk to you? I mean, you wouldn't talk to me. That's, you know, that's a very, you know, silly example, but it just put yourself in some situation and imagine that for yourself. Would you talk to this person um, if they had just gone on a rant? about something. So just think my big thing is I think journalists need to decide what job they want to do. Do they want to be social activists or do they want to be news reporters? Yeah, they're very different, very different roles. And I'm curious in the long term if uh, if this is a problem with with people that are coming out of higher education, if, if they're not being trained appropriately with it. I know that there are some great 
professors here in the state that make sure that their their students do well on that. But it seems like there's a problem, especially with some of the more elite colleges on this. Um, we have like a minute left. Do you have any comment on that? Um, I I went through the UNH program and um, in talking with students who still go through, I feel like that is um, good training. And the interns that I have talked to um, seem to be on track and understand that. Um, surprisingly, it's been older journalists where I think they've become frustrated with the political scene and they've forgotten that their voice doesn't matter. It's the voice of the community. And so I see that slipping just sort of, I don't know if it comes from, I've been at this forever. I've seen this forever. I now have a standing when I can really offer some big, you know, over the years perspective, um, I don't know. I just think both jobs are important, social activism and journalism, as long as they're not done by the same person. Senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons of the New Hampshire Bulletin, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. Oh, thanks. It was great. NewHampshireBulletin.com to get more from Anne-Marie and the rest of the crew over at the Bulletin. This is the New England Take on WKXL. We'll be right back.